Blog Talk Radio. Yep, she knows sports. Check out Brittany and Princess on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio, Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. This duo gives it to you straight with no chasers. If you can handle it, tune in and get your sports news, opinions, and so much more every week from She Knows Sports. Intensity is not a perfume. Join us Thursdays on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to She Knows Sports with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Miss Princess Cooper right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hi, Miss Princess, how are you today? Doing good, Brittany. Running from show to show. We just had on the running backs coach from Baylor University, um, A.J. Stewart, to kick off, you know, Father's Day month. But um, I'm excited about tonight and, and talking sports with you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm running, too, just in a different <laughs> way. <laughs> running that fast to get to the show uh, from yeah. all that traffic once again. It's short traffic, guys. It's the summertime. I'm coming from Philadelphia, and I live in the direction of the shore, the Jersey Shore, so it is shore traffic. Plus, they're doing that a means whole the weather is beautiful. Yes, it has been very nice. It's a little hot today. It's probably mm-hmm. about an 85, 86, something like that, so it's a little warm out here. But outside of that, I'm happy about it. I got energy again, so we're good. Princess, you ready to talk some sports? I'm ready to talk some sports. All right, let's get into it. You know what? I know tonight starts the NBA Finals, but before we get there, before we get there, okay, I want to talk about the Philadelphia Sixers and their recent head coaching search. So, as we all know, the Sixers have decided to hire uh, the Raptors' former head coach, Nick Nurse, and it has been said that Nick chose the Sixers over the Bucks in the sun because he was the finalist and they really wanted him to be a part either hire the bucks wanted to hire him as well as the Suns wanted to hire him but he chose to work for the sixers interesting uh princess what are your thoughts about this and do you think he'll be a good coach this was a good pickup for the sixers you know i haven't i don't know much about nick nurse but um um, I, I don't think he did a bad job at Toronto just a couple of years ago. Um, you know, they were um, right right after the pandemic, or maybe it was right before the pandemic. They were a top five team, and in, in, in as far as their schedule is concerned, let's see what Nick Nurses can do. All I've seen on, on social media, and I'm getting a little bit off kilter here, is that they let go a doctor to get a nurse. You know, so I think that is. <laughs> I see that too. <laughs> yes. I thought that was pretty funny. But the fact is is that I love um, a coach who wants to be there. And I hear he was highly sought after and that he had a choice, um, you know, to interview or he had interviewed with others. And they were on his short list of top two, too, and he chose the Sixers. And to me, if that's my team, that means everything. That means he wants to be there. He's seen the roster. He understands the task at hand, and he thinks he can make a difference. So, um, you know, let's see what he does. But to me, that's everything to know that he chose the Sixers and it just didn't come down to money and, 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 and you know, uh, location. 
it came down to, you know, the coaching position itself and the roster, and he wanted to, to coach that team. I hope that he can get a lot out of them. I don't think the Sixers are that far away from a conference championship or a NBA Finals appearance, but I, I just don't think they can get there with with James Harden, and that's a whole nother show. Yeah, um, I was actually, Nick Nurse was actually my top three. You know, I wanted either Sam Cassell, uh, he's on the he was on he was on the doctor assistant, so he's on the coaching staff. I figured they may not potentially go that route, although I think he would make a great coach one day. Jay Wright, which I figured he would not come out of retirement. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's enjoying that, um, as well as his broadcasting career. And, or Nick Nurse. So I'm happy that we got Nick Nurse. I know there have been people who said, and I've heard them say, ah, I don't think it was a good pickup. You let a good coach go, bring in another okay coach. I think Nick Nurse is very good defensively. Um, he's a defensive-minded head coach, and he does get creative on the offensive side, and that's exactly the Sixers need. The one thing I didn't like about Doc Rivers is when I would watch the game, it's just like too many players would stand around and watch Joel Embiid, even in a playoff. Just watch him work. You can't play like that. You have to constantly be moving, and if you pay attention to what the Raptors do, they constantly move and cut and to make, try to get easy baskets. Um, so I think Nick Nurse will be good for Joe on beat. It's going to be interesting with James Harden because I think I'm in agreement with you, Princess. I just don't know about James Harden. Um, I think he, you know, he recently came out and said something. I want to be able to play in an open offense. I don't know what the heck that means. I guess he doesn't want a big man down low that needs the ball fine, please go back to Houston. I'm okay with that, and we'll figure out something else. But I think Nick Nurse um, decided that he wanted to work with the MVP, uh, the, uh, uh, the winner of the MVP, um, and see where he could go with this particular roster. But I really think what he did in Toronto, even after Kawhi left, was incredible because a lot of those guys prior to uh, the Raptors or prior to Nick Nurse, we were like, there's aren't nothing to us, you know. But he got those guys to really develop their skills and play on another level where they constantly made the playoffs even after Kawhi left. So I'm excited about Nick Nurse. You know, and you should be. And um, maybe new blood is exactly what the Sixers need. Um, and I think they're – this is what I'm going to say, and, that, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens is after the NBA draft, um, what players do they draft, and then what moves are they making in the off season? That tells me how serious they are about getting in his system um, and the players that play that system. And I just don't think overall that James Harden fits that. And as I said on the show, show earlier this week, I think that James Harden has worn out his welcome on every team. Maybe not the the Thunder, but he was ready to go and to move on. But with the Rockets, with the Nets. Um, I think he wore out his welcome um, in the locker room. I don't think he is that um, leader, um, rah-rah guy. I I don't know if he's that selfless. Um, So if you're going to rebuild and start with your coach and keep the nucleus, which, of course, is Embiid and, and, um, gosh, my God, that I'll – Maxie. Yeah, then then what do you do? I don't think that Tobias Harris fits in this offense either. 
But let's see mm-hmm. what happens with Nick Nurse. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Tobias Harris fits in this office. Um, you know, I think he was signed to that contract basically out of desperation, and he should have never been signed to that particular contract, um, you know, back in, I don't know, 2020, 2019, something like that. So, And he never can figure out his his role. You know, he had never had a stable role within the offense. He always has to change, and they're always trying to find that Clippers Tobias Harris but you can't get that when he always has to consistently or constantly change his role. Um, so, but I, I do agree with you. I just don't know about James Harden. Look, he's a great player. Um, our, you know, the way he's able to constantly change his role from team to team to me is incredible. But there's other issues that's just that goes with him. And I'm not going to say he's a selfish he he is a team player, you know. A lot of his teammates love him, enjoy him. I just think on the on the court he has to give more, and he just doesn't. So I don't know if it's due to injury or whatever it may be, but I think they need to let go of James Harden, see what they could do in the off season. They don't have any draft picks, unfortunately, um, and try to go from there. It's too early. I know we've seen Knicks waiting and hoping that Joel and B ask for a trade, they're not going to trade him right now. He didn't start his new extension yet. So after next year, we'll try it. We'll see what happens. But the Knicks are a little desperate now. I'm sitting here thinking about it. And they're not getting Joel Embiid. I don't think the Sixers are going to trade Joel Embiid to the rivals. So, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see what happens and how Nick Nurse can transform this team and hopefully elevate them uh, past the second round, if not next year, then the year after. Yeah, yeah, let's see. All righty. Let's get into it, guys, because tonight <laughs> starts the NBA Finals between the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. I believe this game one is in Denver, um, I do believe, tonight at 830. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's going to be a problem for the Nuggets in game one because they sat out, what, over a week or almost a week? Um, do you think there will be some rust? I, I think so, Brittany, and we see it all the time. The team that sits out and who has not been playing every other day seems to come in a little bit rusty, and the, the team that's been playing seems to be a little bit more fluid. But it's still Denver, um, and maybe they were able to get some, some bumps and bruises healed and then to have that time off and to know that, hey, the finals are coming and we'll know who we're going to play. Um, but there may be some, but it's, it's at home in Denver. But on the same thing, I can also suggest that um, the Heat are tired. And, you know, they had a, a tough seven-game series and, and blew a, three, a 3-0 three lead um, to have it tied up at that home court, and they had to go to Boston to take care of it. So, um, But I, I do agree with you. Uh, history has shown that the team that's been sitting home will come out with a little bit rusty. I don't. I, I still think that the Nuggets win tonight, though. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's going to be interesting. I do agree. I also agree as well. I think um, having a week off can be a little rough. You know, they may be a little rusty, um, mm-hmm. but they were able. If there were any injuries out there, they're able to hopefully get all healed up and ready to go for Game One. Um, this matchup is very, very interesting to me. Um, I think Miami is going to be ready to go. 
they just have that mindset and that mentality, like no matter what, let's get ready to go, regardless of our situation or our obstacles. So they did have to travel um, to Denver after playing Boston, what, just a couple of days ago? Um, so, but but that is yeah. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure. I can see Miami winning the first game. I, I, I can. I can see them winning the first game. I'm not sure if they will win the first game. Um, but I definitely can see them winning that first game. But before I get into, I guess, why I think, you know, Denver could win or why I think Miami can win, who do you think will win this series and why? Well, Brittany, I think that Denver has been the number one team all season, and that has played out as far as the record is concerned. Um, and, and I think they will win this series. I also thought that if Boston had a play, had played their game and um, performed well, I thought they were the better team than Miami. Um, but Boston is too inconsistent. And how many times have you said that on air and within you know our own personal conversations and on the thread? So, but I, I still think Denver wins this, and I think they win in six. I don't think it goes seven games. I even think it may be five. I think mm-hmm. the Nuggets have sound um, basketball fundamentals, just sound. And I think they use Jokic right, and I don't think Bam out of Bayou can do anything with them. Yeah. Um, you know, I would love for Jimmy Butler to win his his first chip. You know, I'm a huge Jimmy Butler fan. You know, not saying I think he's the best in the world. No, I just like how he plays and how he goes about um you know, his mentality as far as the game. Um, he's already he's always ready to go and always prepared mentally and physically. I'm with you. I don't know how they stop Jokic um, on the offensive side. I, I don't know. I know Miami can move up and down the court a little quicker. They are smaller, which gives them that more fast-paced game that might be able, which they might be able to uh, get over on with the Nuggets. I'm just concerned defensively, and they're a great defensive team. How do you stop Jokic? Because he's bigger than your biggest guy, way bigger than Bam Adebayo. Um, and I don't know who their next biggest guy is. Um, but on the opposite side, though, if Bam Adebayo shows up, he can eat. Is that a pro- Can I say that? I can say that, right? Um, he can yeah. really go at Jokic because Jokic is not the best defensive guy in the world. So to me, this is a perfect series for Bam Adebayo to show people I am a star on this team and I am nothing below it. I'm a star and that's that. But will he take that opportunity? I'm not sure. Will they still be leaning on their role players, Caleb Martin and Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent, uh, which they – fantastic role players, and I love the way they develop their game. But this is a little bit of a different series because Denver can shoot just as well as uh, the the Miami Heat has shown they can shoot in the series as well. I think Miami's defense is a little bit better. But, again, Denver is a bigger team, an athletic team, and they have Jokic and Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is a star. I don't know how we forgot Jamal Murray – was a, wasn't a star, but he is just as much of a star as Jokic is, or is close to it. Um, and every team needs two players in order to win. And when Jokic is not playing well, 
on the offensive side. I'm not talking about being a facilitator. I'm talking about being a scorer. Jamal Murray picks up all the slack, and we have seen it throughout the season and throughout the playoffs. So I'm with you, I think, on this one. Be the Nuggets. It really might be the Nuggets in, in six. I will go six as well. Yeah, Brittany, this is one thing that we've been saying. We've been saying that, you know what, when the Nuggets played Phoenix, if DeAndre Aiden shows up, they can beat the Nuggets. And then we said, you know, if if Anthony Davis shows up, they can beat the Nuggets. And look how that turned out. And now we're looking at, um, um, you know, at a Bayou to do the same thing. And I don't think he has enough girth, first of all. And he hasn't, he didn't show me a whole lot against Boston, um, mm-hmm. up against, um, you know, Tatum and, and, and the group, Brown. So we keep saying if they show up, if they do this, you know, they can win. But it just seems like the the most fluid and sound basketball that's being played is being played by the Nuggets. You couldn't have told me once they got into the playoffs and how I saw the Lakers going through and how they, they were able to overcome the Warriors, that they go into the, the series with the Nuggets and not win a game. And none of the games were blowouts. But they didn't win a game. Um, even the last one um, at the Lakers, they were leading. They came back from, you know, a, a deficit of 5, 8, or 12 or something like that. But it still was a two-point loss. I, I just mm-hmm. think it's a Nuggets um, series to lose. And the only thing that you cannot discount, which I've said over and over, and I think that's why the Heat are here, is that they have the biggest heart ever. And they have a lot of dog in that team, especially Jimmy Butler. And that franchise itself is very well run from Pat Riley down to Eric Spolstra and, you know, some of the mentoring that um, Alonzo Mourning is doing. But they would, I would be completely 100% shocked if the Heat win this, even in seven games, or if they take yeah. it to seven games. No, I agree. Princess, are we going ahead into a break or, or keep going? You know what, well, let's just keep going. Let's keep going. Okay. Because I had to make the point about the Miami Heat. So um, before we move on to the next topic, this Miami Heat reminds me of a team from uh, the early 2000s. Um, really didn't have anything much outside of a superstar, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know if anybody remembers that 2001 team. And it's funny because they had a little documentary about that team, and then they showed the game prior. And when you watch that team, I remember as a kid watching that team the only score on that team was Allen Iverson. I don't know how many 40-point games, 30-point games, 50-point games he had that year, but he carried that team and to the entire, on his back to that championship. But the reason why I related to the Heat is because they, they played so well together. And on the defensive side of the basketball, they just came together and they locked down. Um, and it's, this Miami Heat team reminds me of that Philadelphia 76ers team outside of the super, super, superstar. I think Jimmy Butler's a star. He's just not a superstar like Allen Iverson was. Um, but they struggle bigger, more talented teams in the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll see if Miami can break away from that, but it's so, so similar. You know, Nuggets are bigger. Nuggets are more athletic. They have just as yeah. good shooter shooting, if not better shooting. Um, Miami is small, but they have the mentality. They have the heart, just like that 76ers team. So it's going to be interesting. This series is going to be very, very interesting. And I'm actually excited. I know it's two small markets. 
Um, but I'm pretty excited to watch the series. You know, and we haven't brought that up is that it's two smaller markets. But I did want to mention, too, Brittany, um, I was watching ESPN this morning, and the question with Stephen A., he said is, you know, um, is Jimmy Butler better um, in this series or better than, than uh, LeBron James or Kevin Durant, two of the teams that they, they face, or, you know, well, two teams that they could have faced if they had made it there. And, no, I don't think so. But somehow Butler seems to just have come um, to play. And when he decides that he is, you know, he does. I watched him in the press conference after game six when the tip-in, and I felt for Kevin Walker, uh, the tip-in um, by I think it was White, and then the Celtics went after the review. Um, Jimmy Butler said in the press conference, and he said, I tell my guys all the time that God will continue to send you the same test until you pass it. And we haven't passed it yet. And we've let it get away three times. He said, the good news is I didn't play well, but I will play well in game seven. And that kind of conversation, confidence, and, you know, you, I don't know if you can deny that. And I was worried, even though there was, the Celtics were a seven-point favorite, that the Heat and Jimmy Butler would come and do exactly what they did. And it wasn't close because of heart and desire and a will to win. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but i tell you one thing. I understand that Jimmy Butler won that that uh, Eastern Conference uh, uh, Finals MVP, I swear I think it should have went to Caleb Martin. I don't care what anybody says. Hmm. I think yeah. if they did not have Caleb Martin, they may not have won this series. The way Jimmy Butler I agree. and Sam Adebayo were struggling towards the last what, four or so games, Caleb Martin picked them up. When it was time, they were stagnant on offense. They couldn't score. Here comes Caleb Martin shooting his uh, jump shot or somehow diving in driving to the rim. And my second MVP, Duncan Robinson. He showed up in key moments when they needed it most. For some reason, I like Duncan Robinson. I don't care what anybody says. I like him, and I've always liked him. Um, mm-hmm. But I <laughs> let's uh, move on. Yeah. Um, let's switch gears. We'll, we'll switch back to, to the basketball, but let's switch gears because I want to get some NFL. Um, as we know, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, got released from the Arizona Cardinals, I think, what, last week, late last week. Um, so yeah. now he is a free agent. He just recently signed a, an agent to represent him. What team do you think he should or he will sign with? Wow, that's, that's been a big question. Um, look at his career, though. was just tearing it up in Houston, and for some reason the Texans thought that they needed to separate he and Deshaun Watson. And then he goes and plays for the Arizona Cardinals, and he realizes that the work ethic by Colin Murray is is um, um, poor at best um, when it comes to comparing him to Deshaun Watson. Um, so now he's looking for another team, the Arizona Cardinals release, and I don't know if behind the scenes that if he asked for that release or not. Where does he go? Um, I keep hearing that people want him to go to the Ravens. Um, and, I, you know, and to me that is that is a good fit. Um, Hopkins on one side and um, OBJ on the other side, I think then that gives him some weapons um, to to throw the ball. It gives him probably the best that he may have had um, in his career. And I'm speaking of Lamar Jackson. I like to see that. Other than that, um, I, I don't think I, I want to, you know, I, I wanted to say the Cowboys, but I think they're set now. So um, 
Other than that, I, I can't give you a thought. Maybe the the Patriots, but I, I, I don't think that Matt Jones is the answer because I don't think he's established. And then, okay, well, let's think about Aaron Rodgers. Are, is he full in – uh, does he have the wide receiver he wants? So those are some options out there. Um, the Ravens, the Jets, uh, and uh, I don't think the Cowboys are. Yeah, uh, Baltimore actually would not be bad. You know, I do like that. Him with Odell Beckham, I know they still have, uh, I think his name is Bateman. I believe that mm-hmm. I think he's over there, as well as Mark Andrews. And then their running back, that would be, whew, that would be the best receiver in court, like you said. Lamar Jackson has ever had, um, depending on how much – it's going to be interesting depending on how much he's asking for. I know he's still getting paid from the Arizona Cardinals. I think people think he just got cut and they don't pay him. No, he was guaranteed. They still owe him guaranteed money. Um, but the Chiefs is also an option. The problem is they still have to pay Patrick Mahomes. I'm pretty sure they're going to restructure his contract. And then I think Chris Jones as well, the defensive tackle, they have to pay. Um, I think his contract is going to come to an end within the next year or two. So maybe I would love to say my Philadelphia Eagles, but that's just too much of a luxury, and he just doesn't fit, I don't think. I think he fits, but he doesn't fit. You know, it's it's just not enough football to go around. We have two great young wide receivers, a great uh, tight end, yeah. plus uh, catching running backs as well out of the backfield. There's not enough football to go around, so I don't think not he's enough. Come here. <laughs> he would um, be unhappy. I, or exactly, somebody would be unhappy. Right. Um, and I feel like it would be A.J. Brown. <laughs> um, you know, an option that some people are talking about but not really a whole lot, how about him going back with his former teammate um, and Deshaun Watson out in Cleveland? You know, that's just yeah. a pretty decent option. You know, they just restructured uh, Deshaun Watson's contract to make, you know, create more cap space. So they may have the room to do it, you know, and they already have that great chemistry from playing with each other in the Texans. And then my last option was the Tennessee Titans. They absolutely need a receiver. I know they have a young receiver over there, um, but he's still young. He didn't play that great last year. Maybe he'll play better this year. I can't think of his name. He's trapped deep. Drafting him to replace A.J. Brown. So he might be a great option over there. It's just what is DeAndre Hopkins' goal? If his goal is to win, then the Tennessee Titans may not work. Um, that might be more of the Chiefs or Baltimore if they had the cap space. Or Cleveland. Cleveland, I feel like, is a little underrated. You just have to wait for Deshaun Watson to get his groove back in after being out, what, over a year of playing football. So, Hopefully he's back to himself. You know, that's a good one, Deshaun Watson, and getting the band back together with him. Um, and um, as I said, the Eagles, I think just because um, I think wide receivers are just as much divas as quarterbacks, I think that would be a hard fit, considering you have a, a running back that loves to catch the ball out of the backfield too and and, and a tight end. So, um, yeah, but – uh, that would be a good fit. I don't think that the Titans are a good fit only because they're struggling at quarterback. They still don't know who is going to be that person. Uh, I thought it was Malik, and I forgot Malik's last name. Um, you know, he was the, the answer at quarterback, you know, the, the HBCU young men. But doesn't seem like that is it. And I don't know if mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins is willing to go 
and, um, you know, mentor quarterback or, or be patient. He is in the prime of his career, and I think he wants to win, and he needs, I think, a veteran quarterback or at least one that's been in the system a, a longer time. So I don't know if the Titans are a fit. Um, or or the, the the Steelers because of that same fact. They're still struggling right. at, you know, solidifying that uh, quarterback position. And the same thing with the Patriots. You know, there's been a lot of knocks on um, what Mac has been able to do. And let's see, and I think it's Jones. Let's see what he can, you know, end up doing this year now that they brought in Brian. Uh, is it O'Brien? Something O'Brien. Um, you know, used to be the head coach at the Texans and then at Penn State, so as the offensive coordinator. DeAndre Hopkins probably wants to go somewhere where there is an experienced quarterback. So, um, and I think it would be a good fit with the Ravens for sure. Or the or the, the, the Browns. I like that, that suggestion, Brittany, for sure. Now, one, one thing we haven't really thought about, again, they have – a young player, but they do have another wide receiver that always gets hurt. They have an experienced quarterback. Um, again, I just don't know that they always have a decent defense. Um, what about the Saints? You know, we never really thought everybody seems to forget about the Saints. But, you know, they have Derek Carr now, so he's an experienced That's quarterback. That's right. And he's a decent quarterback. They have Chris Olave, the young guy. I feel like he can play in the slot as well. He's just not an outside receiver. And then on the other side, they have Michael Thomas. So Michael Thomas can never stay on the field for an entire season. Uh, he usually misses the majority of the season. So DeAndre Hopkins may be a good fit over there. I don't think a whole lot of people are really talking about the the, the Saints. And I don't know if it's due to cat face situation, um, but he might actually fit there. I don't, you know, uh, the Saints lost their consistency with, with Drew Brees. They just haven't had it. And let's see what Derek Carr can now do. I think they're hanging on to Jameis Winston, um, you know, as a backup. And, and that says a lot about his career. I think his is on the down down slope now, speaking of Jameis Winston. But Derek Carr, I think, is, is a good fit for the Saints. And, and let's see what it can do. What I don't. I shouldn't say this, but what I don't like is that the Saints are now trying to bring in, gosh, what's his name, um, that was a former coach for the Raiders um, that we know so well that was on, on um, Monday night. Yeah, they're bringing John Gruden in as a consultant um, under Derek Carr. Um, so that seems – and that is now easing John Gruden back into the game of the NFL, which I'm disappointed in. Uh, um with everything not settled there. But um, maybe a good fit for, for DeAndre Hopkins uh, and Derek, Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr as a player mm-hmm. and as a citizen. He seems to be just a nice guy, a good guy, and and, and successful. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, I that <laughs> I feel like that might be one of the surprises. Mm-hmm. So if he signs to the Saints, Brittany said it right now. She knows sports with Brittany and Princess. So make sure y'all time stamps this. So <laughs> I said it first. I'm hoping I – and now if that's where he goes, I'm going to be excited. Not – but, you know, I'll be excited because I'm like, uh, Princess, I got a few more topics. You want to head into break or just keep going through? Let's take a break here, just about 30, 40 seconds, and come back on the other side, Brittany, and you can bring the rest of them. All righty. All right, guys, so we're going to head into a break. And once we come back, I have a couple more topics. Primary pertaining to the NBA and one 
hmm, I wonder why this person is never considered a GOAT. But we'll get into that on the other side of a break. If you guys are listening to She Knows Sports with Brittany and Princess right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. We built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get off, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to She Knows Sports with Brittany and Princess right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Prior to the break, we got into some little bit of the NBA finals, and I do want to uh, continue to talk about some basketball. This is more of what happened after the Eastern Conference final. As we know, the Miami Heat beat and killed, murdered, and I say that dominated. <laughs> uh, how many other words can I think of? Uh, slaughtered <laughs> the Boston Celtics in Game Seven. It just looked like Game the Celtics. Oh, they probably did the same thing the Sixers did. Decided to go home early. Hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Miami Heat, for doing that for me. By the way, but <laughs> <laughs> I want to know after that loss. You know, Jason Tatum did say that he wants Jalen Brown to stay with the Celtics. Hmm. Should the Celtics sign Jalen Brown to a super max contract for him to stay with the Boston Celtics princess? I, I I think so. I think you got to keep the, the 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 nucleus together, and and that is Tatum, that is Brown, um, that's even you know Marcus Smart. Um, but I, I don't know. I just don't don't think that's going to happen though, and only because. I think Brown is upset. Jalen Brown has been upset since they, you know, put the rumor out there. And nobody does that but the front office of the Celtics, and that is is that we're, we're, we're um, listening to offers. We're entertaining offers for Jalen Brown. Well, how does that make anybody feel in the middle of the season, especially when you're having a, um, a very good season? My concern is even if they keep the nucleus together, they still have a very young coach. And they are not making any noise about doing anything, you know, releasing him. They signed him to a contract. Um, I thought his his rookie um, or his inability or his newness showed. That's the word. I'll just use that one. His newness showed in the playoffs. And I think he, think he got out coached several times. Now, in game seven, and you're at home, Boston Celtics, um, it, but they couldn't buy a basket. The Heat came in and dominated them, and you can tell that it was looking that way in the second quarter. By third quarter, it was just, I thought, all over, and I think the, the Celtics overall need to be embarrassed at home um, that they lost that game when they got so lucky at the end with a putback, you know, with 2.9 seconds to go. Yeah, Um yeah, I don't know what happened <laughs> that last game. And I don't want to hear – I've been giving people – 
I be I've been hearing people give Boston the benefit of the doubt because Jason Tatum hurt his ankle, yada yada yada. Yeah. Nobody gives Joel Embiid the benefit of the doubt for the entire playoffs when he he's a seven foot two, two hundred and eighty pound big man that sprain had a grade two sprain or tear in his LCL and his knee, and he was supposed to be out four to six weeks, but only stayed out maybe a little bit less than a week. Nobody gave him the benefit of the doubt. So I'm not giving Jason Tatum the benefit of the doubt. You play in the game, I expect it for you to show up and play y'all. That's how I am. And between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they both played so bad in that game, it made no sense. Al Horford, thank goodness, did not show up because I haven't liked Al Horford since he was on the Sixers between him and his sister. I'm saying it all right now, Princess. I am. Uh, <laughs> um, you can't do like um, Florida Gator like that. But I didn't know um, Al Horford played for the Sixers after he left Atlanta. He, he went to the uh, Sixers? Nope, he went to the Sixers, then he went to Boston, and then he, I'm sorry, he went to That's Atlanta, right. Boston, then he came to the Sixers with Jimmy Butler. Um, and and then came so back bad. to the, okay. And, mm-hmm. Yep, then came right back to Boston. Um, <laughs> played so bad, and then his sister goes on out there telling him how much she don't like the Sixers organization or the fans, the city is crappy, the and the third, all because her brother didn't want to play well. Um <laughs> so ever since then, I don't like Al Horford. <laughs> um, but no, I'll answer the question now. Sorry about that, guys. Um, but since the Celtics signed Jalen Brown, they probably should sign him. Um, but I, I don't think so. You know, I, I really don't think so. I just feel like you have – they don't quite know their roles. They're two-star players, and Jason Tatum has the potential to be a superstar. He just has to learn to be more consistent. Um, that don't understand their role or want to take over. There's like a tug of war between these two star players on the team that you don't see on other teams. And I've said this time and time again before. So you go to the Lakers, LeBron's trying his best to tell Anthony Davis, you're the superstar, I'm second to you. But he has to take over when Anthony Davis doesn't want to show up. You know, I go back to the Miami Heat days when they had Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. We all know that was Dwayne Wade's team, but what did Dwayne Wade say? This is LeBron's team. He's the star. You know, he said, I'll take that second role. Same thing with Kobe Bryant and Shaq, you know. Kobe said, this is, or I'm sorry, Shaq said, this is Kobe's team. He's the star. That you have to figure out whose role is what in order to get to where you want to get to. Um, so many times I see, I've seen them inbound the ball to Jalen Brown, and they're going back and forth for about two seconds on who's doing what and who's getting the ball until either another player or a coach has to intervene, like get Jason the ball, get Jalen the ball. So they still haven't determined that yet. And, again, to what you said, I think Jalen Brown is frustrated to what the Celtics organization did. He didn't forget about that. He knows he has a contract to honor. Um, And I don't think he wants to be there much longer. And I think it's good for them to change up. You still have a decent core in Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. I don't think Marcus Smart is should be playing the one. I don't think he's that great of a playmaker. How about if you trade a Jalen Brown for maybe a Damian Lillard? You know, he may be available. Now you have Damian Lillard and Jason Tatum. Now you have a little bit more identity there um, on the offensive side. Um, and that might flow a little bit better than a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown. He could get better with certain players. Um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I think Damon, Damian Lillard for 
Jalen Brown, though, was really exchanging some some um, some age there, um, and you're really trading uh, um, a very young talent that still has a lot to to give the NBA. While I think Damian Lillard is on the other side of of his his prime prime for sure, but um, something to see. I do think there's going to be some 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 movement there, um, and it would not surprise me if Jalen Brown said no, no, you know. Go ahead and put my my head out there, my name out there, and let's see what happens. Um, that's what you want to do in the middle of the season, and I think it had a lot to do with his approach or his performance or lack thereof. But it surprised me that neither one of them um, were on um, on target or in in the in the zone in Game Seven. That that was crazy to me. Yeah, um, <laughs> I agree with you, but. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess I can't say too much because my understanding is <laughs> the same exact thing. So, <laughs> in game seven, yeah. got blown out just like the Celtics. But it's going to be interesting. Yeah. This is going to be a very interesting off season to see what the Celtics do. Because um, not only do they have to deal with that, they still have to, you know, deal with Al Horford and a few other players, Derek White, just to see decide decide what they do in the off season. They're going to add players to this or you know, make some changes. So it's definitely going to be interesting. All right, guys. So, you know, something came about, and we always have this GOAT conversation constantly, and we always (laughs) talk about LeBron, um, and we always talk about, I think it's actually said in the thread, we always talk about LeBron, and we always talk about uh, Steph and Michael Jordan and, Mm -hmm. you know, Bill Russell. But I feel like Wilt Chamberlain never really gets his true flowers, you know, you know, he's always getting pushed down on the list um, constantly, and I never understand why. So, Princess, why is Wilt Chamberlain not mentioned in the GOAT conversation? Well, for a reason, for this reason for me, I can only speak for me, and, I, and, I, and the rest I guess I'm making an assumption is that, you know, he played from 60 to 73, and um, um, you weren't even thought about at that point, Um <laughs> And, and none of you all as millennials, and that's even a reach for me. I wasn't born yet. Um, and then, you know, in the latter part of the 60s, I was a, I was a, a youngster in my 70s, you know, in the 70s. So um, I think that's the reason. But if you, you take a look at his stats, I, I don't understand our omission, you know. Um, he, he had a year with the 76ers where he averaged 50 points a game and, and 25 rebounds. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. You averaging, you know, over the season, fifty points a game and twenty five rebounds, and he was just a dominant player. And they, and I think someone posted, and I think it was Tim Moore, about you know him even after retirement in his forties, he would go at pickup games at, at UCLA and play with those guys and and, and still dominate them. But um, I think we don't give him the props because we missed his era and we didn't see him play. Um, I maybe caught him at the end of an era, but um, uh, I, w- I was too young to even understand um, his dominance at that point. But when you look at his career, we need to give him more attention and more props and, and talk about him. Um, and I think Tim Moore is probably the one that has done that in talking about him as a dominant player and as dominant um, as and being the GOAT more than, than Michael Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think – those men that are in their 60s and 70s do do that because they remember more. Yeah, it, it, and it's funny because I've tried, but I've been told I was crazy. 
Um, I just, <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I'm going to leave it alone for now. But, you know, and, and I sit back and I think, you know, everybody says how Steph Curry is a goat because he changed the game with his shooting. He dominated the game with his shooting. But Wilt changed the game as far as that center position and being pure dominant in that center position. Now, the difference is he didn't quite have a team around him like a Bill Russell did. Bill Russell had a much better team um, than Wilt has ever had. But for you to average 50 points in a season is crazy. And people don't realize back in those days when they first started, you weren't allowed to dunk. Dunking came later way later. Um, so they right. had to be able to shoot, be able to shoot free throws, you know, be able to facilitate, you know, be able to rebound. You know, all you hear is, oh, well, they were the biggest on the court. It doesn't matter. Steph is the best shooter on the court. You know, so we're going to give Steph that same uh, credit, and we're going to honor him for the things that he's done on the court to make a difference. Um, then we need to do that with Wilt Chamberlain as well. Um, because prior to Wilt, there was nothing like him ever. Prior to Steph, there was nothing like him ever. We've seen similarities, yeah. as in Larry Bird and so forth, but they don't shoot like Steph Curry. And same thing with Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt changed the game of basketball to how we play it today and still to this day. Steph didn't necessarily change the game. He just got He just improved upon it. I agree. I agree. The, the, the height of Wilt Chamberlain, um, you know, and, and his play, and you're correct, Duncan was not allowed, as a matter of fact. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came along, and I think um, after he got out of college, um, they then put it back into the game on the college and the, the NBA, NBA level. Um, but we don't talk about them. And I agree, Steph Curry, um, before that, uh, someone brought up Ray Allen. Someone brought up Reggie Miller. But no one has made a living um, at the half-point line and maybe just two steps in and hitting, hitting a three from downtown like Steph Curry has. And it has become so consistent that I think we take his game for granted. Steph Curry changed that, that shooting guard or point guard because he plays both. But um, his range, I think, has not been matched. Uh, and he is a pure three-point shooter when he's on, and he's on more than he's off. Uh, so I, I agree with you. I thought Magic Johnson changed the position of point guard because before then you didn't see a six eight six nine point guard that could carry that, you know, that could move that ball around and dish it and also play um, all five positions, and, and that happened with Magic Johnson. But um, I, I think the lack of knowledge about Wilk Chamberlain and the fact that he played in the 60s and 70s and, and, and bowed out around 73, 74. Um, we forget to go back, and his, there's still plenty out there to see if you just go back and take a look at him. Now, personally, um, his, his off-the-court antics and, you know, being very proud to say he had, you know, relationships, and I'll leave it at that, to say relationships with over 100 women, um, 200, or maybe even he said 1,000. That, to me, was crazy. So there was some of discount by me after hearing all of that braggadocious stuff. But um, you can't deny what he did on the court. Wait, was that Wilt or Magic? Wilt. Oh, Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. yeah, I guess I could believe it. I, I mean, big, big ball player guy, yeah, I could believe that. But 
There's that mm-hmm. side, but then there is the other side too. He, he, was a, he was a civil rights. He did a lot for civil rights, That's right. for civil rights activism as well. So, Francis, yeah. I try to focus on that because I do remember hearing that about him, and I just kept <laughs> laughing. I was like, this is why I'm not into ball players. I'm not into star ball players. Uh, exactly. Not at all. Um, but I know we have to come to the end of the show, but I have one last question. I know this was not on our list. It literally mm-hmm. just popped up on the end of my head, and it's been out there for a few days now, um, going viral. But it's about Scottie Pippen and him calling Michael Jordan a horrible player prior to Scottie Pippen getting on that team. I'm pretty sure, Princess, you have heard of this. or <laughs> I don't know if you've seen what he said, but I know you yeah. just heard that part. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> um, to say that he was a horrible player in the NBA and a horrible player before in college, I think is really just a slap in the face and really sounds like sour grapes. Now, when he says he was horrible to play with, I completely believe him. He was horrible to play with. He was horrible to practice with. Um, And he was the in-your-face kind of guy. He felt like he had to be the alpha dog and the bully in the the locker room and and on the court. And and he had fights, and he would would do anything to to maybe motivate you to play to his level. And... um, that style, and I've said this to you several times, would not have worked with me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just a, I'm, I'm a person just like you are, and you're not going to get in my face. But to say that he was just a horrible player before he got there, and I, I that, that sounds awful. But I've heard many say, um, Paxton Kerr, all of, he wasn't easy to practice with. He wasn't, he wasn't mm-hmm. a, a nice teammate at all, um, and he, he was a bully. So and 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 I think Phil Jackson, you know, mentored him and worked on him to say you can't come out here and play one on five. You're gonna need four other players, and if you're gonna need them, why don't you, you know, try to hone in on being a good teammate? But um, I I think that's sour grapes by Scottie Pippen because really all you heard is that he was a horrible player, and I didn't think he was horrible at North Carolina. And I didn't think he was horrible with the Bulls before Scottie Pippen got there. Um, yeah. They looked more fluid and, and more of a winnable team when they got all of the nucleus. Yeah, but Scottie Pippen, is, that, that's just ugly right there. And I think wrong. Um, and I don't even like Michael Jordan. And I think that's wrong. Yeah, it's funny because I, I can agree with you on, you know, the, the type of teammate he may have been in practice and how rough because these heard that later, maybe not to the extent of Michael Jordan, but Kobe Bryant was something similar. He was rough and tough in practice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was just a little bit more likable than Michael Jordan was. <laughs> um, but, you know, he was not a horrible player, nowhere near a horrible player. Um, and like you said, I think Scottie Pippen, for some reason, is being petty and sour grapes. Maybe it's because Michael yeah. Jordan's son, not to put it out there, is dating his ex-wife. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. His son, I think Marcus Jordan, is dating Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. They actually make a cute couple, but I guess he might not be too happy about it. It's kind of weird because I'm pretty sure you was younger calling Scottie Pippen uncle. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. But, you know, Scottie Pippen, he has to stop. You guys are both great players, and you played very well together. I know you may not have liked 
the type of teammate he was, but because of the type of teammate he was, you guys were um, afforded six championship rings because of that mentality. Now, it does take a team to win these rings, but who who knows? If he wasn't that type of teammate, you know, with that type of mentality and character towards you guys and fighting you guys, and you guys would have won in six rings. The possibility you may have, but it's also a possibility you may not have. So I still don't understand, Princess, how these guys just can't get along. Like, we are way yeah. past you know, the 90s now, and y'all still acting like little kids. Like, it's okay. It's time to get over it. I think Michael Jordan is 60, and, and that means that Scottie Pippen's got to be not that far behind him. The one thing I can say is that I'm I'm happy so far that, that Michael Jordan has not responded. Why well, respond? Sometimes silence mm-hmm. is the best. You know, what what do you say to that anyway? So right. I'm glad that he's, he's – He's not said anything and and left that alone. Right, I agree. And I could have sworn just a couple of years ago, Scottie Pippen was raving about Michael Jordan. So I think there's something a little bit more deeper than what we may know. Um, so I guess these are two grown men. They'll eventually figure it out. And on that note, Princess, any final thoughts? And I'm going to throw it to you. Take us out. Yeah, um, just, hey, a great week of broadcasting. Thanks to the XFL um, championship, uh, Arlington Renegades. Their coaches were on, the offensive coordinator um, and defensive coordinator, Jay Hayes and Jonathan Hayes, brothers who actually coached together with the Cincinnati Bengals. But they are now the you know coordinators with the Arlington Renegades, and we have the XFL on Tuesday night. Thank you to them. We're starting our Father's Day series, and we'll have a father on. We have one on tonight, Baylor running back coach. Um, and AJ Stewart, and we'll we'll get kick it off again on Monday and every Monday in the month of June. Um, thank you to Brittany. I appreciate you. I love Thursdays. I love female sports, and that means tomorrow is Friday for sure. The weekend begins. Have a great weekend, Brittany. Have a good weekend. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Never had it so good. We'll see everybody back here on Monday. <laughs>